Hannah Staver, and this is Ohio Politics Explained, a podcast where you give us 15 minutes and we give you all the news you need to sound smart and impress your friends when you go out this weekend. Welcome back to another episode of Ohio Politics Explained, the Stone Age Politics Edition. This week, we're talking about Donald Trump's upcoming visit and whether his support will make a difference in November, why Ohio's abortion clinics withdrew their legal case, how a fight for control of the state Republican Party could impact future elections, and who is going to Intel's big groundbreaking. Joining me this week is reporter Haley B. Miller. Welcome back to the show, Haley. Good to be here. Welcome to crazy election season. Yeah, it's that post-Labor Day, like... Anthony and I were talking about it, how like before Labor Day, you sort of feel like you're going up the roller coaster. And yeah. now it's like we have hit the top and we are starting that like descent into Election Day. Yes. So our first topic is former President Donald Trump, who made news twice here in Ohio this week. First, he announced a visit to Youngstown next Saturday to campaign for J.D. Vance. Then he endorsed Governor Mike DeWine. So let's unpack these one by one. Trump endorsed Vance this spring in the Republican primary for U.S. Senate and arguably is the reason the hillbilly elegy author is the nominee. But Vance isn't running away with the general election, at least not yet. All the polling shows him neck and neck with Democratic Tim Ryan. And so I got to ask, Haley, is Trump coming here to, like, put a little extra juice in his investment? It kind of feels that way. I did expect Trump to visit Ohio sometime this fall. It's happening a little little earlier than I expected. And I do think it's to give Vance's campaign a boost, get people energized. He Trump's been campaigning in some other states to remind folks that Tim Ryan is not a Republican. Right, exactly. And that's <laughs> part of it, too. You know, so when he announced his endorsement of DeWine, he first kind of went on a tangent about the Senate race and noted that Ryan has been campaigning to kind of the moderate voter and talking about times where he's aligned himself with Trump. And Trump was like, look, this guy is trying to tie himself to me, but he's a rhino Democrat. Which is a weird phrase, right? Because rhino means Republican in name only. So he's a Republican in name only Democrat. And I get what he's going for. I get the anal- the image he's trying to paint. Yeah, I mean, a couple people, even Vance, have, you know, noted that he's gotten calls from people who have said, so, like, are you running against Tim Ryan in a Republican primary? So it's all very weird. But anyway, I think, you know, Trump wants to get people excited about Vance again and make sure that his candidate is good to go for for November. Yeah. And then he went ahead and endorsed Mike DeWine. Now, notably, Trump did not endorse in the governor's primary in the spring. He didn't like DeWine was running against Renacy. He was running against another guy named Joe Blystone. He didn't pick a winner then. But now he says, you know, DeWine is, quote, like a quiet but effective governor that he puts his head down. He gets the work done. He's got Trump's full support. Yeah. And he's it's really not surprising in some ways because Trump was never going to endorse a Democrat. He, no. he has some beef with Nan Whaley, it sounds like. So, yeah, they got into, I guess, a little bit of a tiff when Trump came out after the Dayton shooting. Yeah. So, again, not really surprising, a little interesting because DeWine hasn't been to any Trump events for a while. But, you know, he he has supported Trump in the past. So so in a lot of ways, the endorsement makes sense. Yeah. I mean, Republican endorses Republican is not hugely shocking. It's just sort of surprising in the sense that he didn't pick DeWine in the primary. And obviously, you know, kind of the big question is, will DeWine go to the Trump rally in two weeks or will he maybe have another birthday celebration to attend? There is no high. State game that night. Oh, that's true. Ohio State versus Toledo, two Ohio teams duking it out. And I think the rally starts like right when the game starts. Yes. 
you know, I think Trump will still get a good turnout oh, from yeah. people who like him. But yeah, that's uh, definitely an interesting timing. Yeah. No, if it was like Ohio State versus Michigan, like and the kickoff was the same time as the rally, I might be like, you know, you're forcing people to choose there. So our second topic is abortion access in Ohio. So Ohio's abortion clinics went to the state Supreme Court after federal abortion protections were overturned, and they asked the state court to decide whether Ohio's constitution protected a woman's right to an abortion. This is a tactic that a lot of pro-choice folks have been trying. So like Kansas pretty famously now has said that its constitution provides this protection even if the federal constitution does not. That's what that vote in Kansas was a few weeks ago over whether lawmakers should be able to change those rules. But Ohio abortion clinics went to our Supreme Court and they waited. And then they waited some more. And then they basically said, screw it, we're going to try a local judge. So last week they withdrew their lawsuit. And then this week they refiled it in Hamilton County Court. This just underscores how confusing the legal battleground has been (laughs) after the Dobbs decision. It's not just happening in Ohio. It's happening in other states. Some of our neighboring states have had some really wild back and forth. But, you know, there are a lot of court challenges and I suspect those will continue. But for now, the state's six-week abortion ban is still in effect and you still have abortion providers trying to figure out if they can, you know, sustain themselves under this law. Yeah. And this Hamilton County Court, like this case could theoretically still work its way all the way up to the Ohio Supreme Court. So they basically, instead of going straight to the Supreme Court, now they're going to try and just like work it through the court system. I guess the idea is they're hoping that maybe this Hamilton County judge will issue a stay, which the Supreme Court did not, which basically would put the law on pause while it goes through the legal process. And that That would be a huge game changer because, you know, to say for the next year or two until it actually worked its way up that this law couldn't be in effect. Yeah, I think Ohio abortion rights advocates will take whatever pause in (laughs) the current law that they can get, you know, especially before the Ohio General Assembly presumably comes back after the November election and passes an even more restrictive law. So our third topic is the Ohio Republican Party. They are meeting Friday and Jim Renacy wants to shake things up with state leadership. So if you don't remember Jim, he's the former congressman who ran against Sherrod Brown in 2018 and then challenged Governor DeWine this spring for the GOP gubernatorial nomination. So Renese tried to keep the state party from endorsing in that primary, but he couldn't. And now he wants to change their rules for endorsements. And to do that, he's supporting this other guy who you may not have heard of. His name is Brian Williams. He's a Summit County Republican. And Brian wants to be the Ohio Republican Party chair. He wants to unseat him and he wants to try and do it Friday. There's been so much... Ohio GOP in fighting the past year or so. And a lot of it is centered around the decision to endorse DeWine and the governor's race. People like Brian Williams and especially Renacy did not want the party to endorse because, of course, they were going to go with DeWine. That just makes a lot of sense. A lot of people on the committee have connections to DeWine. But the whole thing just kind of spiraled out of control. A lot of people were really mad. And Williams is... Pitching a change to the endorsement process, which Renacy could end up helping with. Yeah. And like, keep in mind, the reason there's so much infighting, especially about Mike DeWine, has a lot to do with COVID and the way Mike DeWine handled COVID and the shutdowns and the mask mandates and the way he pushed for vaccinations. Like this angered a lot of Republicans. Like if you guys don't remember, the Republican legislature stripped DeWine of a lot of his executive powers. There's a lot of, I guess, bad blood and anger and resentment still left there um, from the far right as to how he handled the pandemic. 
Right. So this meeting Friday, there aren't actually any votes for officers currently on the agenda because it's supposed to be in January. Yeah, there's there's a bit of a difference in opinion over the interpretation of their bylaws, which is super wonky and very inside baseball. (laughs) But basically, Williams thinks they should hold a vote tomorrow. The current chair, Bob Paduchik, says it should be in January. And if the current chair says January, it's probably going to be January. Yeah. And I mean, good news for Paduchik. I mean, getting the DeWine Trump endorsement sort of doesn't hurt him going into this meeting tomorrow. Yeah, definitely not. So our fourth and final topic is what I like to call golden shovels. So everyone who is anyone is flying into town this week to officially break ground on the Intel semiconductor plants. So Joe Biden will be there. Sherrod Brown will be there. Rob Portman, DeWine, Lieutenant Governor John Husted, basically... Everyone in Ohio politics wants to put their shovel in the dirt. And Haley will be there, too. Yes, I will. So what are you expecting from the event? Well, obviously, the Intel project is huge business-wise. It's going to bring a lot of jobs to central Ohio. It's really going to energize the area. And this has also been a big talking point for federal officials as an example of a way that we're getting stuff made in America that has been made overseas in countries like China before this. But as you noted, this is going to be a huge political event as much as a celebration of new development. In Ohio, there are going to be a lot of people taking credit, I imagine, for (laughs) bringing This development and these jobs here, it's going to be very high profile. I mean, like you said, Biden will be there and Biden's been talking about this project for a long time. So I think there are definitely going to be some national implications from this as well. It's definitely the epitome of, have you ever heard the phrase like, victory has a thousand mothers, but um, defeat is an orphan. I can't remember if I'm saying it correctly, but it's like everybody wants to take credit for a win. And this is like a perfect example. Right. I mean, even I think going back to the Senate race, I think, you know, Congressman Tim Ryan is going to be there and it's not even his congressional district. So it's just, you know, everyone wants wants has, a piece of the pie. Has J.D. Vance figured out a way to score an invitation? I am not sure if he's going to be there. But yeah, I mean, and you know, that's one of the questions that people have. Like, are we going to get a picture of like Mike DeWine standing next to Joe Biden, like smiling with each other in front of a big pile of dirt? Yeah. And they have, you know, DeWine doesn't necessarily want to share the stage with Biden in an election year, but you also can't not be at the groundbreaking for this kind of event. So there will be handshaking and putting aside politics or at least pretending to for at least one day. And one more thing before you go, make sure to read the forms you fill out. Licking County Commissioner Dwayne Flowers learned that this week when he found himself on the roster for the conservative Oath Keepers group, though he says he's not exactly sure how that happened. He thinks he may have accidentally registered as a member back in like 2009 or 2010 when he took a class for a concealed carry permit. But you know, the Anti-Defamation League got a whole list of people who are in the Oath Keepers. Um, These are people who were largely a part of the storming of the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. They are very far-right conservatives. And, you know, we we started to see who is on this list. And Flowers was one of the Ohio officials on this list, though he says, like, I didn't mean to be. Yeah, it's interesting. And this list also noted that there were some Ohio law enforcement officials and members of the military. But again, the list does include people who weren't aware that they signed up or signed up a while ago. So who Or knows? never paid membership dues right. or didn't go to meetings. Like, yeah, it's I think it's one of those like, you know how you end up somehow sign like you buy a piece of clothing from like Banana Republic and all of a sudden like you're getting all these emails and like you're too lazy to unsubscribe and like you're just on their mailing list, even if you never buy anything from them again. 
I don't know, maybe it's like that, but I'm just not sure how you end up part of like a fringe political organization and don't know it. Yeah, the optics are not great. Ohio Politics Explained is brought to you by the USA Today Network Ohio Bureau. You can find us on Twitter at Ohio Explained. And if you want to learn more about any of the topics we covered this week, check us out online at any of the newspapers in our network, like portclintonnewsherald.com. 